This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Join us today as we discuss the victories over AFC Wimbledon and Doncaster Rovers before looking ahead to the visits to Mansfield and Swindon. Welcome to Barrowpod. Bursting from midfield is Massinho! Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it! On Old Trafford Cracker in front of the Stratford end. got none of the regulars today um instead joining me uh aiden cheevers how are you mate i'm good thanks mate how are you uh yeah 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 not 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 too shabby uh steven edge about that over the last couple of days <laughs> yeah definitely um first of all i do like to get a bit of a a little bit of background on our new guests uh so uh how long have you been following the club um I've been following the club for about 15 years now and I started going to the Lamics regularly in the 07-08 season. So just as I started secondary school. Right. Okay. Plenty of time then. Um, do you remember your first game? Yeah, it was um, before that actually. It was just after I turned 10 years old. So it would have been 2006. Lost 1-0 at home to Southport and... I think we missed a penalty right at the end of that one. <laughs> so a lively start. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, it's it's a very Stevenage start to your to following us. To be honest, um, well, let's get into the let's get into the meat meat of the episode. Uh, we're looking at uh, the, the two victories over AFC Wimbledon and Doncaster Rovers. Obviously, let's have a look at the the game from Saturday first against AFC Wimbledon, where we won that game two one. Uh, Jordan Roberts opened the scoring in the fourth minute before uh, Ali Al Hamidi scored uh, their equaliser in the in the eleventh uh, minute, uh, and then uh, Jamie Reed popped up with a bit of a gift um, in the second half and sixty first minute to uh, secure us all three points. Um, it's quite a good game, it's been, particularly second half. It's very frenetic, um, but the first half I thought. I thought we edged it, but it was a very, I thought it was a very even game. Um, and I mean, well, you, you could even say that uh, AFC Wimbledon for parts of that, uh, parts of that first half, the sort of late, later period of that first half were actually on the front foot and looked more likely to score again. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought the first 10 minutes of the game, despite both sides opening the scoring relatively early on. I don't think either side really had any control of that game. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like I say, towards the end of the first half, Wimbledon sort of picked up the pace a little bit and Adam Ardy and McAteer in particular, I think, looked really threatening. And then in the second half, we kind of just got together and said, right, we just need to calm down a little bit and try and find a way through them by hook or by crook. And lo and behold, Jack Curry makes a horrendous error for Jamie Reed's goal. Yeah. And then after that, I think, sorry, I think after that, we just kind of saw the game out relatively comfortably. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the yeah the the first half in particular, um, I think both teams took a little bit of time to sort of once once it once things were level uh, and I think AFC Wimbledon was sort of winning in that midfield. Um, I thought that Jake Reeves very much looked like a player that was just coming back from injury, um, and. I'm normally normally angry to see him go off, but I thought I was amazed he lasted that long. I'd have probably made that substitution at half time. Um but other than that, I don't think there are any I don't think there are any it, there was anybody on that field um in a Stevenage shirt that could have done much more. Uh Dan Sweeney looked again was pretty solid defensively, but again looked like he had that mistake in him that might have cost us, which obviously then he didn't. Um, I thought Jordan Roberts uh, had a great game, just hunted everything down. Um, it's the sort of game where, that we've wanted him to have for a little while now, where you know he's been a bit off color and he's not been he's not been pressing as hard and he's looked knackered and he still does look tired. To be fair to him, but he he, he seems to have upped his game just a little bit more again. Um, were there any? Other than, other than I guess the the uh, the mistake from Curry, was there anything that you picked out in that second half that was sort of the turning point that got? I mean, other than the goal, but like, was there anything from the performance that sort of made you think we've got this? Um, I think we made a slight subtle change in Forster Kasky's role because I think Forster Kasky he's usually a player that likes to get the ball down and dictate the tempo. But I saw him go up against Woodyard and other Wimbledon players and win a fair few headers. Because I think they were kind of expecting to bully Forster Kasky out of the game. But to be fair to him, I think he really held his own in the midfield. Yeah. um, I think once... um, Once... uh, Once Taylor came on for Reeves... Um, it's about the seventieth minute or so. I think Taylor having that that he's got that sort of we've said it before, he's got that sort of terrier attitude about him, hasn't it? Hasn't he? He's got that um that work rate where he just hassles players and just get gets in at them and and, and can really assert himself physically on an opponent. Um case in point, the the, the best obviously the best game that he did that in was he made Philip Coutinho look like a mug in January. But he did it really well yesterday. Uh, sorry, Saturday against um, against Wimbledon, and I think that we had started to lose that midfield battle um, towards the end of that first half. You know, they they were forced into a change um, where little went off, and they it forced them to change shape a little bit. Um, then they hit the bar. Um, towards the end of that first half 
and I was just had that little bit of a sinking feeling. Like I'd all, I thought, oh, you know, they're in really bad form, but that's the kind of game that we really struggle with typically. Um, but I think the pro- the job was very professional in the second half. Once we got our noses in front, we 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 tried very hard to continue to break them down. We didn't sit back on that what fragile one nil lead. And all right, Boswick came on for JFC eventually um, to sort of shore things up. But I think that uh, we were we were pretty um, pretty solid from then on. Yeah, definitely. I again, I thought we saw the game out relatively comfortably, apart from the one chance Alamadi had at the end where it felt yeah. like everything just fell out of my arse at that point. I was, <laughs> I thought it was in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's done, he's, he's, he's worked a miracle to get to, to fashion that shot on almost on target. And I thought it was going in as well when I was, I was ready to scream. Um, but it fortunately just went wide of the post. Um, yeah, it, it would have been such a disappointment, but I, I don't think it would have been... I don't think we could have argued too much, to be honest with you, had Wimbledon equalised. I think it was a very even game. I think we dominated the possession overall, moved the ball around a little bit better, but I don't think there was one team that was miles better than the other. Um, something strange that's been going on on, the, on their Twitter for the last few days is they were absolutely adamant that they were apps the complete dog shit um their fans were like this that was rubbish the formation was wrong the team was wrong we were awful and i'm just like you were pretty good to be fair like you you came and you competed with us and you didn't shy away from the physical battle because you know teams like to go pre-match big strong stevenage we know what we're gonna get we know how they're gonna play it's about not letting them do it and uh Wimbledon, for the most part, were up to that task. You know, we just got lucky with a with a f- bit of a freak freak mistake to give us that goal. Yeah, um, fully agree with that. I think, like you say, Wimbledon weren't awful. I thought that, again, I thought, like you say, they competed really well. But, again, I think they didn't really get a foothold in the game apart from that last period of the first half. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's uh let's let's move it on to uh, Doncaster because I think there's a, there's there's a quite a bit more to talk about um from 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 last night. Obviously, Stevenage won one nil with a goal from Jordan Roberts in the thirteenth minute. Um, it was a great um great phase of play to to get that, and we'd one of the what, uh, another criticism I saw of Saturday was that there was way too much long ball. Um, and that happened massively yesterday as well, particularly in the first half with Sweeney and Pierre Gianni trying to knock the ball over the top. And you know, obviously the target is knock it into Rose. He can win the header and hopefully Jamie Reed can get on the end of it. And it almost came off three or four times in that first half. And because that was looking like it was going to yield results, we just did it over and over and over it got so so frustrating um in the end <laughs> so unbelievably frustrating in the end um but that goal came from a really nice nicely worked passing move down the right hand side which um 
resulted in uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Long that uh, tackled tackled Jake Taylor, um, which slid actually slid the ball into um, Jordan Roberts on the edge of the area, dead central. He managed to open it open it up, um, move the ball to his left, and just just fashion enough space. To, to to hit the ball into the bottom left hand corner. Mitchell didn't get any in goal, didn't get anywhere near it. Um Nelson and Faulkner were both there and couldn't get anywhere near him uh, and make that block. So I thought that I thought we we started the first I'd say the first sort of fifteen minutes, I thought we were excellent at moving the ball around and we played really well. Yeah. Yeah I can fully agree with that. I think one more thing as well is like you said the long balls were frustrating. But I thought first half especially out of possession I thought we were absolutely brilliant because every time Doncaster picked up the ball and tried to play it around the back mm-hmm. we were just hunting them down constantly we were yeah and there were about four or five occasions in that first half where they put the ball out for a throw in and it was just due to that extreme pressure that we were putting on them the only thing that was missing really was adding a couple more goals yeah we it's a good point in that first half we did make we did sort of force them into a lot of mistakes you know we won the ball high up the pitch a number of times uh Molyneux out on the right hand side um had a horrible time with Gilby and Wilden hunting him down Roberts Roberts joined in over on this side on that right hand side quite a lot just hunting him down put him under pressure him and Long had an awful first half um I thought that one of the one of the things that's really frustrating is we've got one of for a long period of the this past season, we've had one of the better rates of uh, winning the ball high up the field and then turning that into a shot. But we don't score nearly enough goals from those. And you know, we we've we're fortunate again that we've got Lo Tatala in goal now, where we've we've gone and got we've gone and got another <clears throat> solid goalkeeper, which means the defense are a little bit more calm and assured in front of him, which means we're not conceding a ton of goals again, which is good. Um but it'll make it'll make things so much easier on fans if we uh we hadn't we weren't uh we were scoring a few more as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But one thing I've learned over these past fifteen years is that we never tend to do things the easy way, do we? <laughs> no, no, we absolutely <laughs> don't. Um the re- the remainder of that first half after the goal, I thought it sort of petered out into nothing. There was a there was a period of time where in my uh, in my match notes, I had I didn't have anything put down for about fifteen minutes because nothing really happened. It was just long ball over the top, goal kick. Long ball over the top, goal kick. Long ball over the top, goal kick. It got so boring to watch that first half. After from about twenty five minutes through to the forty five. I was just like, oh, I just can't be asked for this. This is rubbish to watch as a spectacle. It's just not interesting at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one criticism I've had recently on this sort of patchy run of form we've had is that I think we've been a bit too a bit too direct. We've been too quick to get the ball from one box to the other. Yeah. Whereas in some games, I thought, like the Colchester game, for example, I think if we have just taken a period where we thought, right, let's just get the ball down, let's play a few passes in the midfield, let's try and break them down a different way. Because I think teams now, when they come to us, they will try and sit deep and stop those direct passes from going over the top, which is 
forcing us into doing something <clears throat> that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, we've got we've got the likes of Forsakaski, Gilby, Reeves, who are all good ball players. There's no need to constantly bypass our midfields. It, when we're playing three in the middle, like we like we have, and especially with Roberts in behind the strikers, who does does drop deep and and help out. There's just no need. It's very rare that we're going to get overrun in the middle of the park. I can't. Salford was the last time we we really got overturned, and we were in a horrible run at that time. So it was no surprise. Um, it's a bit a little bit disappointing, um, but it's also especially against a team like um, Doncaster, who Faulkner, Nelson, and Long aren't really defenders they're they're sort of they're sort of like defensive defensively minded midfielders and i'm pretty sure they're all teenagers as well so i can i can understand to a certain point why we were um why we were humping the ball over the top and trying to put them under pressure to be fair to them they played really well um for for that first 45 minutes i I, I mean for the full game actually those three i think played pretty well I can't I can't really think of any mistakes that real mistakes that they made um particularly long who had I think had more to do um down that wing than 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 Faulkner did or Faulkner Brown did on the other side um I guess the I I said last night that it was really just at half time. It was really dis- disappointing that we'd stepped off the pace so much, though it was understandable because I think we started with a real intensity, a real, um, a real intensity that was was going to be really difficult to keep up for any more, any more than about tw- fifteen to twenty five minutes, um, sort of in one go. Yeah, I think that's another that's another thing I go back to is that intensity. It's it's bad enough trying to do that over 90 minutes if you're playing the same direct passes over and over again. But also, mm. especially with a squad that has as many injuries as we have, yeah. you know, it seems a bit it seems a bit ill-advised to try and keep up that intensity for as much as possible. It's understandable because obviously we want to impose ourselves on the game early on. Mm. But I think towards the end of games recently, Salford as an example, we just really tied out and lost that sort of midfield battle like you say yeah um the second half um Doncaster made two subs at half time with uh Jack Goodman and Rachel Williams coming on for Kieran Agard and Ben Nelson um Kieran Agard had a dreadful day up against Pierre Gianni I mean that first half Pierre Gianni must have won 20 headers it was it was pretty uh, pretty ridiculous. In fact, let me have a look. I can I can I can have a look at this. Uh, hmm. This does say he only won six, but that's absolutely rubbish because I, I even remember I even remember saying to the uh, the guy the guy that's doing the stats with me that he must have won about fifty headers in our first half, and he agreed. But regardless, he just played Agard out of the game. Every time Agard was under the ball um, from a goal kick or a free kick forwards, Pidge was there winning it. Um, the second, but the second half, like I said, they made those two changes with Williams and uh, Goodman coming on. Um, Williams, I thought, went into that, went into the middle of their back three and just won everything that went near him. Um, 
I thought he had a great, great second half, and he he made them a lot more. They they played a lot more assured once he was on the field. Um, Goodman didn't really get much of a look in, just like a uh, Agard um, in that in that second half. So he wasn't really much of a much of a problem. Um, a little bit later on, after that, they brought on Miller, who um, I mean, the only thing he did was have that run. Um, in the second half, they countered, got the ball into him. He just knocked it, knocked it twenty-five yards in front of him, and paced everybody. Uh, fortunately, Lotus Tyler was positioned right on the edge of his area, and he could come out and and deal with that. Um, but I thought that while Doncaster were a lot better in that second half, you know they they had the lion's share of the possession. They just didn't do anything with it. Um, they rarely threatened. You know they only managed two shots in that second half. Um, one on one on target, one second, uh, one one off target. Um, where we managed to, Danny Rose hit the bar with that overhead kick, um, and we had uh, th- four other shots, um, three of them being blocked, right in front of the goal, around the same time as Danny Rose had that um, effort. So again, I think it was it was more of the same in that in that second half against Doncaster as it was with that. Uh, the, the half against uh, AFC Wimbledon. It was a very professional job. We saw it out. Didn't take too many risks. And I think that was the biggest the biggest thing. Um, yes, last night, it, was, it would have been really great if we'd have pushed on, kept up that intensity and gone on and smashed this lot um, because I think they were there for the taking. But we've got a much bigger game coming up on Saturday and... The three points are more important than the, the points are more important than the goal difference. Oh yeah, absolutely. At this stage of the season, it's points mean prizes, you know. Yeah. Um, who would you pick as your man of the match for yesterday? Um, I think it was one of those games where everyone put in a good performance, but I think if I had to pick one, probably. Danny Rose, because he was just an absolute nuisance all night. He won nearly everything and he just, he looked knackered and then just kept on pressing. He found a second wind in that last five, 10 minutes of the game. He did. Yeah. He was absolutely everywhere, wasn't he? He, We we called him Mr. Mr. Everywhere early in the season. And uh, he's, he's getting back to that point where he's just popping up, causing a problem. And it would have been, It'd have been the icing on the cake if he'd have uh, scored that overhead kick. What a sensational effort that was! I couldn't believe it hadn't gone in. I couldn't believe he even attempted that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not his usual wheelhouse, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, right, let's have a look. Um, let's have a look around the league. Um, so it's it's important to note that the lowest now we can finish is eighth, which would be one spot outside the uh, playoffs um the t- the teams the team's still in with contention of uh, finishing uh, in the playoffs and and even getting promotion are Mansfield who are currently 8th on 69 points um they have a game in hand over Salford who are in 7th uh, with 69 points you got Bradford also with a game in hand on 71 points Carlisle 5th uh, on 72 points and you got Stockport in uh, fourth on 72 points 
then there's a four point cushion for Stevenage at the moment back to fourth so we're, we've got that game in hand over Stockport and Carlisle and Northampton as well so we're sat on 76 points you've got Northampton on 77 who uh, they won 2-1 away at um, Sutton yesterday and then Orient the only confirmed promoted team so far oh I keep you on it today no idea why um, they're they're currently sat on uh, eighty four points from forty two games. Um, they also have four to play, where Northampton have three. So um, yeah, it's a big um, it's a big at this stage of the season four points is a big gap. It's not it's 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 not over for Stockport, Carlisle, or Bradford yet, but. It's a big gap. It's a big ask now, particularly with a lot of these teams around us still having um, games to play against some of these top sides. So, obviously, we visit Mansfield on Saturday. We'll get we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, I think it's Bradford have got Orient, the final game of the season. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I, I have a fixture show. Let me look at them. Um... So we've got Bradford have got to play Grimsby. Uh, no, hang on, they have played those. Those, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong bit. It's really good. So Bradford have got Gillingham, who beat beat Orient last week, and I think they're currently the te- form team in the league. Gillingham. Um, so that's not an easy one. Carlisle have got to play Barrow. Uh, the only play, the only place Barrow are able to play is at home, and you'd imagine the uh, that derby for them is going to be a pretty. Pretty big one that they're going to want to win. Um, Orient have got Crew, so you'd imagine that's a win for Orient. Um, Stockport have got Rochdale, so likewise you would imagine they're going to win. Northampton have got Harrogate, who are no pushovers, but you'd imagine Northampton will be able to get the job done there. Um, let's see who else we've got. Uh, Carlisle have also got to play Salford. Um, so it's really tough running for Carlisle. Obviously, we've got to play Grimsby, um, which is always a, always a difficult game. Um, Northampton, Bradford. So Bradford, Northampton, Carlisle have all got tough runnings. So it's really at a point again where that six points has really put it back into our hands. Um, obviously, we've got um, we've got. Uh, Mansfield coming up on Saturday. How are you feeling? I'm a lot more confident about that game than I was a few weeks ago. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I think it'll be a tough game because I think Mansfield has something like unbeaten in their last eight games. I think they won again last night. They did. They did win. Yeah, they won two one away at Newport. Yeah, they're a side that have got really good sort of ball playing midfielders like. George Maris, and they've also got really hard-working forwards in players like Reese Oates and Lucas Aikens. I mean, Aikens plays everywhere for them, really, so he's about as hard-working as they come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not... I think with those two points that we that we won... Uh, sorry, the six points that we won over the last two games, a loss there isn't a disaster. We no. can afford to lose that game. And it's a really difficult place to go. Um, I mean, if if we look uh, in the in the league, they've they've lost four games at home all season. 
um, which you know, it's, they've not won. They've not won as many as maybe you, you might have expected, but they've not lost that many. Four isn't that bad um, over the course of a season. So it's it's a difficult it's a difficult place to go. They do get results. They don't concede a lot. Um, so it's it's a big ask, and you know you you just got you just got to uh, imagine that they would love to ruin Steve's day, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think the main thing we've got to do is not get dragged into that subplot. So whatever goes on between Evans and the fans, just. Don't get dragged into it. Don't get distracted by it. Yeah. And I think if we don't let that side distract us, then I think we can get a point. I think a point would be a pretty good result, all things considered. I get bored of saying it, but a point on the road is always a good result. If you can take a point on the road every time you go away, you're going to get promoted more often than you're not like it's you do the business at home and you just you're steady away from home don't lose too many and you'll be fine uh and you know we're seeing we're seeing that come we're seeing that country now because we don't win away from home all that much we don't lose from lose away from home all that much either um you know Fe- february weren't a great weren't the greatest month you know i don't i think we bought three points in february um and they were Actually, they were on the road, um, but uh, I think it's important for us to to go into this game knowing that it's not the be all and the end all. We can we can we can come through this, even losing the game, and it's and it's and it's still even at that point, it's still in our hands. No matter what how else happens elsewhere, um, the worst that can happen is that gap comes down to one point, but then we still have a game in hand on Tuesday. Um, speaking of um, Swindon on Tuesday away from home they are they are not in great form um, they uh, they actually won last night uh, 1-0 at home against Bradford which done us a massive favour um, but before that they hadn't won in 10 the last last victory was uh the twenty fifth of yeah twenty fifth of February in a three one three nil win against Harrogate. Um, again, that's a place that traditionally we don't do too well, but they're having an absolute mare of a season. Um, they've only won four times this year. It's uh it's it, it's time it, it's time for us to 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 lift that curse. Down at the county ground and go and go and get ourselves uh, three points. That's the big one for me. That we absolutely must. I think that's must win. If we want to go up automatically, that is must win. We can't let that one slip. Yeah, definitely. I think if we win that, then we'll be in such a good position going into the last two games against Grimsby and Barrow. If we win that one, we can we can be promoted on 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 that Saturday against uh, Grimsby. <clears throat> yeah, I think as well, if we win on Saturday against Mansfield and if other results do go our way, I think a win at Swindon could possibly seal could, promotion as well. Yeah, no, you, you are right. If um, if results go our way on Saturday and we win on Saturday <clears throat> at Mansfield, we could theoretically actually be promoted against um, Swindon, which that would be quite funny. 
getting promoted against that lot. With about fifty away fans there. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine the 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 attendance police fuming, absolutely fuming about God. us winning that game? God, there the was so police, few they've... people there. They've been doing my absolute nutting recently, these attendance police people. Like, who cares? Honestly, like, commend the fans that come down to these games. Don't criticise them. I mean, to be fair, they, it's, they don't take the piss out of the people that have actually made it, but it's just it's just, it's just, so sad, isn't it? Just, it's a, there's a massive cost of living crisis on at the moment. Stevenage are a small club. We are fully aware of it. We don't have the greatest numbers of support. It doesn't matter because it doesn't affect. It doesn't really affect things on the pitch, does it? It doesn't. No. It doesn't make a massive deal of difference. So, what does it matter to other people that our club isn't as popular as theirs? Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like they've just got nothing better to do, haven't they? Really? Yeah. It's it's all a bit. It's all a bit. Uh, it's all a bit sad, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Right, uh, I think that's I think that's everything. I think uh, is there anything else you wanna <laughs> you wanna go into bring up? Um, I think we'll go back to a little bit of what we did in the intro about just my time as a Stevenage fan. I think I kind yeah. of I can kind of relate to the whole attendance police thing in a way, which I know sounds weird, but I can kind of relate to it in that I found a club that is this small club that's taking on the world and. I think that was something I could identify with early on, that we were this small club just ripping up trees everywhere we went. Yeah, that's kind of how I fell in love with Stevenage in a way. <laughs> what would you say is your favourite favorite, favorite uh, Stevenage game of all time? <sighs> wow, you've got me there. Um, I think from ones that I've been to, if I had to pick a couple, I'd probably go for the Aston Villa game in the FA Cup and I think the 2007 FA Trophy final against Kidderminster we were 2-0 down obviously came back to win 3-2 yeah. yeah I mean I would say the game against Kidderminster where we got promoted to the Football League but I wasn't there for that one so yeah, yeah it doesn't make my list <laughs> alright fair enough um, alright thank you very much for joining me today Aidan no worries it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, thank you all for listening and up the borough doubles up again and it's in Graziani Graziani up bursting from midfield is Graziani well if that is the goal to win the promotion it's certainly worthy of it on Old Trafford Cracker in front of the Stratford End. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Maccas? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.